Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Thursday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. It's a great show because the Open Championship is on. We can watch golf while we're talking. And also, Mike Schaefer is here yeah. for 24-7 Sports for our yeah, second awesome. hour on Thursday. Sponsored by Trek CBD. What's going on, Schaefer? Oh, uh, you know, Ernie Els is just going. a normal, normal British Open with no wind. Everyone's just going super low at the moment, except your pick in the yeah, pool. Yeah, well, this course. is a standard yeah. operation. My pick always sucks. But more importantly, one of the two athletes that I have an autographed frame picture of in my garage, hanging up prominently over my golf bag. One Ernie Els is on fire <laughs> at the you moment. You have a photo of him over your yeah, golf bag? Yeah, I got an Ernie Els autographed. Uh, I. How'd you do this? Uh, there was like a uh, silent auction <laughs> yes. that I was participating in. And apparently no one else wanted the autographed picture of Ernie Els holding up the jug. So how much did it go for? I think I got it for say. like 60 bucks. Oh, nice. So which, he has won the Claret Jug. Oh, he did. He's won twice. it twice. Yeah. Two-time he, he, he won. It's going it, for a three-peat here. He won it 10 years ago, 2012, in a very surprising win. Adam so Scott choked. Have we one. said he's mine? Uh, yeah. Uh, Here's I, your up. That's a little unfair because I'm pretty sure he won it plus one, so the entire field choked. Well, Adam Scott bogeyed the final four sure. holes. That's what happened. No, uh, right. That's okay, fair. update. update. Uh, Cameron Young leads the way at seven under par. At se- In second place, at five under par through 12 holes, is the great Ernie freaking Els, who me and Schaefer both love. We are 52 both, year old. We are both big Ernie Els fans. I invited him to my wedding last year. He never <laughs> responded. Which, you know. So the reason I invited him, he was playing in the the uh, senior open yeah. that was yes. going on in, in Omaha. Omaha which country I, I, I stuck around and watched him play a couple yeah, holes. We of both course, saw him there. His tea time was really late in the day, and the people that I went with, we were there at like 7 in the morning, and they wanted to leave by 2 when he teed off at like 210. Yeah. So. Obviously went real well for me that day, These but. words were uttered by Sip before we went on the air. He says, how, how can I be older than Ernie Els? I am, though. Four years older. 52 for Ernie, 56 for you. Yeah. Wedding stories. Uh, my brother Adam was married in Omaha in Regency. And Bob Dylan was playing Omaha that at that time and staying at Regency, he, we happened to get on the elevator at the same time as Bob Dylan. And my brother had the temerity to ask him, would you please come to our room and play a song? <laughs> this is the Bob Dylan, <laughs> Bob Dylan didn't even look at him. He just turned around and faced the wall. <laughs> it was just a slow turn. <laughs> That's incredible. I wish it was a slow turn, like a fast turn. It was a slow <laughs> turn. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> he faced the wall. I mean, I guess no response <laughs> was better than... We need elevator footage of that. We need footage of that moment. i got to see it happen live. He faced the wall. Please I shut up and like go away. so much. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so, yeah... What else do you want to talk to Schaefer well, we, about? Yeah, we, we, gotta, we have a lot to talk to Schaefer we about. We Sometimes we appear unorganized because that's the way we operate. I mean, outwardly. It's also July. <laughs> but we, no, we're pretty organized. It's yeah. July. So thank but you it's for, July. Yeah, giving us an out, yes. Yeah. So just, yeah. just we have an out, out there. Yeah. Out in the ether. <laughs> right. It is July. Right. Okay, <laughs> continue. <laughs> Schaefer, I totally I understand. I rack my brain sometimes and I think... Um, it is July. Yeah, it is. We have Schaefer with us. Yes. We have media days coming up in just under two weeks. Jake has a $100 shirt on. 
This was not quite a hundred bucks. Almost. I told you I would not spend a hundred bucks. The story was I was playing golf in Kansas City. My other shirt, I spilled spaghetti on. It was white. <laughs> we had a thirty-six hole day. I had eighteen holes. Lunchtime. What have you spent in Kansas City on apparel this year? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we me and Schaefer went to a Royals game. I he bought shows a up in this like kid small Salvador I, I, Perez shirt. I outgrew my shirt up here. <laughs> So I said, Shaver, I got to go to the store. Because he had it on underneath, like, some long sleeve thing. Of course, it's, like, yeah, it got very hot. warm. It got yeah. warm. So, he had to, so rather yeah. than parade around in his kid's small that looked like a uh, you know, like cut-off barely, jersey from Nebraska's fabled Did you call him on it? Yeah. Did, yeah. We, no, we, it was collected. I was like, oh. yeah, this is, this is not going to work out well. So I went and bought a new shirt and I think a sweatshirt. So I don't know. I just bought too much stuff there. Why yeah, just drops all his money in Kansas City? I no. do, I do, on barbecue and stuff, yeah, uh, and you know, merchandise. All right, Schaefer, uh, Huskers right now fourteen commits. Yes, they were, they had seven at this point last year. Um, Ashley Williams is the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would how this go down? How would they get the commitment? And um, and what's your report on him, scouting report? Well, I mean they. They started pursuing him in the spring and then immediately we were able to lock in an early official visit with them that first weekend in June. And he came out that weekend. They did a nice job in terms of recruiting him where it wasn't just uh, Mike Dawson or Eric Shenander, who obviously coach most of Nebraska's edge players, whether they're defensive linemen or outside linebackers. And Mickey Joseph was involved, and Mickey Joseph's done a really nice job playing basically a Pied Piper role of kids from Louisiana. And Ashley Williams, during his recruitment, felt like Mickey Joseph was pretty straight with him and, and had him ready to make that visit. And then he and his mom just really loved what they saw when they were out in Lincoln, and they feel like this is a spot where he can go and develop and become a, a potential All-Big Ten type of player as a as an edge player and so i i think very early on nebraska set a pretty high standard he also went over to minnesota for a visit he was scheduled to go to michigan and he ended up dropping that one went to texas for an unofficial visit i believe and nebraska just continued to kind of sit on top of everything and i think that the conditions were pretty ripe in terms of getting the commitments from uh omarion miller and and barry jackson two guys that also visited the same time that he did um, you know, you look at that first weekend, and it's it's been a pretty smashing success already. And or the first weekend of June, I should say. Yeah. And you know, one of the big prizes, and Malachi Coleman is still out there. So um, I I think that sometimes the the little bit of momentum there helps, and and certainly just the way they started off his official visit season where Nebraska set a really high bar. It was tough for other teams to, to get there. And like I said, his mom loved the visit, and sometimes just winning over mom can carry the day for you. Two edge rushers in the class. Would they add a third in Cameron Lenhart? A fourth yes. Stop? Okay. Yeah. He is He's still a, a take for Nebraska. I think position-wise, he's, he's kind of a unicorn in that he could end up as okay. an outside linebacker or a tweener down as a, as a defensive end or, you know, there's people on our message board speculating he could even play inside linebacker, which I don't foresee, but he's, he's more athletic than what it jumps off to you at two or at six foot three, like 245, 250 yeah. pounds, yeah. but he moves pretty well. And I, I think Nebraska is enamored with him. He's from IMG Academy by way of, uh, uh, where is he John, by way of? Or Don Bosco out in uh, New Jersey. Okay. 
I almost said John Bosco. I don't know who yep. John Bosco is, but no, you're whatever. fine. Donnie so Bosco. It, a Mike Dawson type of connection there mm-hmm. brought Nebraska to recruiting him at IMG. Uh, again, another sort of edge player and very different than both Maverick Noonan and Ashley Williams. And I think that's important too, because if you look at how Nebraska builds that outside linebacker room, they like to have a lot of different people, different body types, you know, Blaze Gunnarsson is different than, uh, you know, a lot of those different guys. And so, I, I think that that allows Eric Shenander the fluidity to kind of adjust things as he sees fit based on the offenses they play in the conference. So I, I think that uh, not only is, is Cameron Lenhart a take, I think Nebraska is far and away the likely choice for him. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I think it happens this summer. Does it get awkward then if you have a commitment there, but two other rushers already with Maverick no. and Ashley I mean, Williams? like – Nebraska has to restock that room. You're going to lose. I think you're going to lose Garrett Nelson. I think you're going to lose Caleb Tanner. I mean, I know you're going to you lose, lose Caleb, Caleb Tanner. Tanner. Yeah. You think Garrett Nelson could be a pro after this year? Yeah, I mean, he's been in the program for five years or four years, mm-hmm. and he's started for three of those four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had uh, a really nice start to last season, fizzled out a little bit in terms of production as the year went on. He's got to get better in, in some aspects. But, I, I mean – would it shock me if, if he, like Austin Allen and Cam Jurgens, just decided after a large run of not a lot of success at Nebraska to go try it in the NFL? Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And No, I mean, nor it would well, me. And I'm not one of the people that are, get up in arms about it. He's been in the program for four years. Yeah. I mean, Well, look at him. He's physically ready to go to the next level. Yeah. Is he good enough to play there? Different question. Right. From a physical standpoint, it's not like another year with Zach Duvall is going to help him no, get to the point where – he's more ready to go play against grown men. Right. He's already there. Yeah. It's whether he can handle and, and do everything Just necessary. raise his game. Just got to raise his game. Yeah. So it, it's a big year for, for Garrett Nelson. So those two guys uh, stand out in that regard. And so you, you've you got to backfill a little bit. And I, they've had their misses at, at the edge and outside linebacker position as well. And so if, if you see a guy in, in Lenhart that you think can help you out down the line, I, I don't know that you – just view it as okay we got our two we're done completely i i think that they like him and they're moving forward with with him as a potential option for this class so how, how would you respond then to again nebraska having 14 guys already compared to seven at this point last year what what's been the biggest difference in terms of why you've had so much early success there yeah i mean the biggest difference is that they could have guys on campus again starting yeah. last summer and then that really helped out when you got into the season where you're able to give visits and then of course the unofficial visits in the spring and then add into that i think both of uh well actually i mean there's three of your of your new hires are, are relatively pretty good in terms of of helping at least get guys to campus whether it's from unofficial visits or official visits and i'm talking about mickey joseph and brian applewhite and bill bush i mean how about vince ginta well, and he's involved too. I, I struggle with that one because it's harder to know what he's doing because it's not like when you talk to recruits, they're talking uh, about yeah. Vince Ginta. So he's I, the I head see a lot of, of the people, department. And I don't want to take anything away from him because obviously he's kind of the brain that's setting up strategy here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like they went out and did anything massively different. Mm-hmm. They're just having more success in bringing in some of these kids, and some of that's directly related to guys like Brian Applewhite and – Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush. Mm-hmm. And so you go and you get good recruiters and you have success. I mean, it's sometimes it's not as hard as we like to make it sound. All right. Oh, I hear you. I now hear you get into the winning game aspect. That is yeah, if they absolutely as hard <laughs> yeah. as we sometimes make it sound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Jake, I'm just I'm just trying to keep Jake's mind. I'm, I'm in the game. Okay, I'm listening. I'm, try, I'm locked in. You and I are gonna have a conversation. Yeah, That's no. Cool. Hey, so here's here's a question that I think most people assume they know, but this is from Josh. Okay. He wants to know like a technical technical thing here okay. that you can help out with. Josh says, if you have time with Schaefer, ask him this: What is the difference between an official and unofficial visit? Like, what are they like? Who gets what? How significant is official versus unofficial oh, as a milestone? I'm a recruiting knucklehead, and those distinctions are lost. On good me. question. Yeah, so an unofficial visit is any time a kid comes to campus, but it's not paid for by the university. So essentially, um, everyone that came in for the spring game, all 75 recruits or whatever they had, those are all unofficial visits. Nebraska didn't spend a single dollar to bring those players from somewhere to come in for a visit. Now, on an official visit, you can pay for their flights. You put them up in hotels for a couple days. They can be on campus for right around 48 hours. Um, You basically are paying for their meals when they're here, and then they can have up to, I think, five family members total. You get 56 of those to use every single cycle. You can carry six of those over every year. Uh, In the time that I've been doing it, the closest Nebraska's come to using all 56 is like 48. Um, so Hmm. those are some of the, the major differences. It really just comes down to, did the university pay for this? If yes, official visit. If no, unofficial visit. There's not like any difference in terms of access to things at all, though, besides. No, I mean, if if you come up here for an unofficial visit, they're going to put you through the same. And you know, if, if you were a planned unofficial visit, if you just show up one day, (laughs) it's a different different conversation. Okay. Keep going. If you're. If you're a planned unofficial visit, they're going to put you through the same kind of car wash that, you know, every recruit basically goes through, which is like you're going to see the academic skill centers and you're the, the academic center, the life skill center. You're going to get an opportunity to spend time with your position coach. If he's around, you're going to they're going to set up an opportunity. And if you're important enough, they're going to set up an opportunity before you leave for you to talk with Scott Frost. Uh, so you're, you're going to get all of that. You're going to have a photo shoot. You're going to be in the stadium. Oh, wow. You're going to do all of that as an unofficial, too. When it's an official, the change really is that you're shuttling you back and forth from either the Cornhusker Hotel or Embassy there, and there's a little bit of downtime, or you're hanging out with the players. Like, you have player hosts. That's when you hear the term player host. That's from an official visit. Those guys actually get paid, like, a stipend of 50 bucks to help host a player uh, for a night. And so, uh, you know, you might be going to a college party or they might take you down to the rail yard and you're wandering around downtown. And so, I mean, that's that's kind of where those differences are. They're they're small. Well, the money side of it is not small, but the the on campus stuff, the, the difference is generally small and it's spaced out over an official visit because you don't have to cram it all into one day. That was that was yeah, that was a great breakdown. That was a great breakdown. And. You know, for someone like me who's just started covering the program, I I was I was I guess I didn't know the unofficials were that official, but they can yeah. be. They oh, can yeah. be. I mean, it's just if, it just comes down to they're not paid for. Right. Like when you, you or know, a lot of it's that. Anyway. When you have some of these giant visit weekends, not everybody is going to get the same version of an unofficial visit. Okay. But the kids that you really care about and believe it or not, there's a distinction in how sure. this all works. They're going to get, you know, the closest simulation to an official visit. And then once they've done some of that stuff, and if they've been here a couple times, you don't have to do it on their official visit. And then you can kind of get more time where they get to sit in the room 
and listen to their position coach talk about how they can be used or their films going up on the wall. Mm -hmm. And it's a breakdown of what their skill level's at right now and mm -hmm. what they can take back with them and go work on somewhere else. Great I mean, breakdown. So as soon as you get to a certain point where you don't have to do some of the stuff that everybody does, then it unlocks a different level of an official visit. But not everybody gets there because if you're Ryan Robinson, the defensive back from – from Louisiana, you'd never been to campus before. Mm -hmm. But if you're Riley Van Poppel and you've been there, you don't necessarily need to do the same thing you did the first time. So it's it's all about sort of building the experience and tailoring it to the level of involvement that that person has had with your program before. Okay. From Kip on the text line, another recruiting question like that. Uh, Kip says, in this new world of NIL, can an outside organization pay for an unofficial visit as part of an NIL thing? Uh, I, yes, I don't know how exactly it works, but some of that is you don't want to jeopardize the potential amateurism in someone's state, because I think there are some state laws that, that could potentially go against this. I mean, I, I'll put it this way. One easy way to get unofficial visits is that you can sort of build into an NIL package that if you've come out to Nebraska a couple times, they can kind of set it up where you get paid back on your expense of doing so should you end up at Nebraska as a player. So um, there's indirect ways that these things can happen. Okay. 402-464-5685. Any other questions, you can always text us or call us also during the show. Uh, by the way, quick update on the Open Championship for those curious. Cameron Young still leads away at 700 par. Cameron Smith and Ernie L's two back 500 par. Uh, Tiger Woods tees off at 9 a.m. today. Shay, if you're gonna you're gonna watch that today or not? Uh, I'll have the I'll have the British on, but I'm not I'm not a Tiger tracker individual. So oh. I mean, the coverage will go that way, and I'll have to work hard to avoid some of it. Well, you won't. Would you avoid it? Well, if he's not in contention, like if he's and yeah. he, we won't today. He will not be like three over or something. I get annoyed with it when there's obviously other good golf going on and we have to follow him into playing in a, you know, it's not like he's doing anything that mm -hmm. matters. He plays now, so infrequently. In this now, course, Jake, on this day, yeah. he could have a, I mean, just like Ernie Els, he could do exactly what Ernie Els yeah. is doing because no one knows this course right now better than he does, other than maybe Ernie Els. And, I mean, He's still one of the best golfers. That's why the British Open's great. Can't doubt him. Why do you say that? Great. Why do you say that? Anybody can win. You it. get the most random yeah. sort of subset of people well, that can win think, because you're either dealing with insane weather, or it's a playable course when it's a day where there's no weather like today. Like again, the the it is playing like concrete, so DeChambeau can hit it a mile. But guess what? Other guys are getting big distance too. It comes down to can you hit your wedges close? Can you hit the funky shots, the okay. long putts from off the green, or even well, on the green? Can you putt? I mean, think, there's been guys like Darren Clark won at an old age when he won his British Open. Uh, Sybil has Tom, no idea who Darren Tom Clark Watson is. Tom Watson was 59 years old and nearly won the British Open, one mm. of the best Tories all, ever in, in sports or just golf alone. Greg mm -hmm. Norman, at, in his 50s, almost won the British Open. Greg Norman not invited <laughs> no, yeah, to the he was not invited. Royal Andrews. He almost won in his 50s, though. Yes. Like late 50s. Uh, Purposely disinvited. In, <laughs> uninvited, yes. Yeah. Disinvited. Yeah. Unlike Ernie L's to your wedding, yeah. he was invited. Formally invited. Where did uh, you send? Like, you, did you send an actual invite to an address? No, I just tweeted at him. Oh, you tweeted at him. Okay. 
Like he checks Twitter all the time. Like like Ernie Els checks Twitter all the time. You know what? It's a good question, Jake asked because I my vision <laughs> was a formal invitation. Ad- you found his address. I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I thought about like just going and finding the address for his foundation and yeah. then just yeah. sending it. Something like that. Yeah. But uh yeah. He Did does you. have a foundation. Yeah. Ernie uh, Foundation for Autism. Okay. Before we get to break, Schaefer, the hour is sponsored by Trek C B D, eighty fourth and highway two. Any uh recent encounters over there? Uh, I have not recently been over there, but I have had recent encounters with Trek CBD products, and as they often are, they do the job if you're attempting to take the edge off or recede into the couch or uh, any number of things. So, And, you know, I don't have to tell people it's been really hot outside, and one way that you can cool off and also just sort of have a nice mellow Saturday or Sunday Enjoy some drinkable Delta 8 seltzers that you can find at Trek CBD. So, they, I mean, they have all the products that the people need. They have a good summer. Highway 2. Check them out. I need to take the edge Trek CBD summer. Yes. That's what it is. Uh, McElroy teeing off at, what is that hole, Jake? That says hole 12. 12. Okay. That says hole 12. The little yellow box up there under his name. I was looking to the right. Um, Yeah, he hit that one. You thought he was playing hole negative one. (laughs) Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no, he smoked that. Look, he yeah, drove the green. He's, he's uh, four and apart. Yeah, three back. He More next it. with Mike Schaefer, an early break in the ticket.